Seeing Reddit, where once a week we pick a random subreddit and discuss that topic for about an hour. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff Kowalski. I'm Louisa Heron. I really sprung it on you this time. Right? Yeah, yeah we were both like, whoa! Powering through. <laughs> yeah, you could just mute our interruptions and it'll sound like nothing I, was wrong at all. I wonder if I will. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, so we were just talking about Warren Beatty, uh, yes. who is much older than I thought, which makes sense because he's primarily famous for a movie that came out like 50 years ago. It's funny because yep. I remember when Dick Tracy came out and he was in that and he was like romantically tied to Madonna and everyone was like, he's a bit old to be romantically tied with Madonna. And now like she is the oldest human being alive. So <laughs> that is crazy how old he is. Yeah. Now it would be reasonable for them to date. Well, sure. Because <laughs> time's on a the... curve and the older he gets, the less old he gets actually. <laughs> I mean, kind of like everyone over the age of 50 is kind of the same age. Yeah. I guess once they can no longer have children whose lives will be ruined, then it's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, all those old, dirty perverts can fuck whoever they want. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I thought I was exaggerating, but Bonnie and Clyde literally came out 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 19- I thought it was 69, but it's 67. Jesus. Wait, does that mean that Warren Beatty became a Hollywood heartthrob when he was 38 or something? <laughs> he, he had done I mean, before he's, that, you know. He's notoriously too old. Like, when he was in Dick Tracy, everyone was like, are you sure? You're like yeah. a billion. Yeah. Although Dick Tracy was always an old man's comic. Yes, that's true. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's not a young man's game. It's funny because I feel like there was a time when young people were like, oh man, all of his gizmos are so cool or whatever. But then, like, you could have him, but also he's dressed as a bat. And so, of course you would <laughs> if you were a child. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. If if you could choose between a guy who looks like your dad and a guy who looks like a monster, obviously you choose the monster man. <laughs> yes. Also, your dad's trench coat game is so on point, Jeff. I wanted to point that out. <laughs> I mean, not now like dads don't look like Dick Tracy now, but in the 50s they did. Mm, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. The Everyone 60s, wore fedoras and was early 60s, clean yeah. shaven. Yeah, I think comic books have really suffered from the downfall of the hat-wearing man. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I don't understand. Why did I agree with that? all have the same bland mannequin faces. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the the silhouette enhance- enhancement of the different styles of hat is really... Also, like, have you ever felt like it's the main reason why people don't dress up in costumes as, like, as, like men as much is because they don't have cool hats and that's the only thing that's different about men's fashion styles what are you saying what i don't know (laughs) i mean i mean to say like how can i put this like if you wanted to dress up as a man from a historical period Mm -hmm. sure it's basically just a different hat Right? I don't know if I would agree with that one. I, I, a I lot sort of, of know what you mean. If you're going, if you're talking like 
decades in the 20th century, yeah. men's, okay, fashion, yeah. men's fashion was pretty much suits with a different kind of hat, whereas women's fashion uh, varied much more wildly. Well, here's my problem, because I feel like it goes back a little further. Like, the, the Industrial Revolution was sort of like suits and hats. Mm-hmm. Different kinds of hats to denote the different decades. And then in 19, what, 60, when hats stopped being popular for men, everything after that is the same costume. There's no difference. <laughs> that is really. a crazy thing to say when you think about how prevalent bell-bottoms were in the 70s. Uh, bell-bottoms are cool again now, Louisa. <laughs> they so are not! They, they are. were You're cool. thinking of Jenko jeans. <laughs> they, they were cool again in the 90s, and then that petered out after a while, and no, they are not cool now. They skinny are. Skinny jeans I, are still in. You are wrong. You are jeans, out of touch. Skilly, skinny jeans with a flare at the bottom. I just saw a thing at the Gap that said that they were back in. I just saw That's it, the like, craziest thing I've ago. ever heard. Well, did you know did you know Jenko stands for judge none choose one? Yes. yes. I did I've heard that I on did I only knew that now. I just looked up <laughs> Jenko to see if there was a an official pronunciation. Like maybe it was like a a Twitter era way to say gene company. <laughs> uh, well, I think did you know be... that the words judge none choose one mean nothing at all. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I think it's supposed to be pronounced Jinko jeans because when you say Jenko jeans, it sounds like it's something from like Fallout, like it's one of those nineteen fifties post apocalyptic, like get your new Jenko manufactured <laughs> clothing items. I was yeah. gonna say it sounds Generic like uh, something from an infomercial. Yeah, that too. Do you think? Do you think the movie Bullworth has aged well? No. That song is still fucking great. It was on the radio this week. It just someone requested it and they played it, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's a great song!" What, I forgot. What song? I think. I think, think the first, I think the oh, first celebrity. Huh. What? God damn it, Jeff! You interrupt me in the middle of every sentence. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, I was. I was gonna say. I think the first celebrity crush I ever had was on Maya during the singing of that song. I thought you were gonna say it was on uh, Bullworth in the movie Bullworth. <laughs> yes, that too. It was on Prawns of the Fugees. <laughs> I mean, he's a handsome man. Is he? He's got those teeth. <laughs> Apart Wait, from no, that, yes. Sorry. Uh, wait, am I thinking of Prawns? Who's the one who sings "Gone Till November"? White Left on. Ah, damn it! I was thinking of White Clef John. He's a handsome man. Yes, Pros, yes, he is the an extraordinarily is a little, a handsome weird. man. In in Gone Till November, I genuinely am like, I I would give anything to look like White Clef John. I realize that that would be a, <laughs> there would be a lot of steps between where I am now and that, but I do wear sweaters, so I feel like there's some inroads there. I don't know. Mm, is this the plot of Get Out, which I have not seen, <laughs> but it sounds like it probably is. <laughs> Why Why has Sean Astin been famous for so long? His family's Because he's in Goonies. Oh, that's right! I he forgot he was in Goonies. Goonies because no. his family's famous. His yeah, father, he's Patty Duke's uh, son. Patty his, Duke and John Astin, who was Invented Gomez the Adams. Aston Martin, as we all know. He was Gomez Adams in the TV show. Oh, yes. Gomez. Uh, is he... Yes, he's still alive somehow. He's 86. Yeah. <laughs> Are we talking about Sean Astin still? John Astin is oh, miraculously okay. alive. But, like, <laughs> I, I think the I, thing I knew Sean Astin from was uh, Rudy, which came out, like, yeah. 25 years ago, and he still looks like a young man now. That's well, why he was but- a hobbit. <laughs> You are a huge fan of Rudy, though, Jeff. So I feel like that really warps your. Uh, <laughs> He's pop just got a lot of knowledge. heart. 
Yeah. He really well, tries, Pat. You've got just those like Rudy me. posters up on your wall in your room. Yeah, I look at them, shed a single tear, and try a little bit harder each day. <laughs> you know, that's a good attitude. Yeah, he had a lot of heart. Ugh. He was the one who had a heart that was too big, and then he won the Triple Crown and died, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they is the plot him. of five different things mashed <laughs> together, and I'm having a bit of a crisis. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that Seabiscuit who won the Triple Crown and had a heart that was too big for him and died? I was thinking think he of had the hoof problems, and then he like he never should have run anymore. But then what was they the made horse that was a genetic died. freak that had like an eight chambered heart and won a whole bunch of races? <laughs> I'm not, oh my uh, god! I'm not making this up. Hold on, hold on. Are we talking about the How giant horse from this? Zelda again? <laughs> you are crazy. I still haven't seen that horse. I don't believe you. Heart. I have it. I named it a- Big Gulp. <laughs> a, I heard people talking about it in the game, so I know it's real. B, I swear to Christ, if you guys talk about Zelda again this episode, I'm going to disconnect, and this is, episode is going to be 14 minutes and 16 seconds long. I don't that need is to. going to happen. Matt I don't need has, to talk about uh, it anymore. I beat it. <laughs> Matt has no joy Good. in his life, so he buys the best game that's ever been made, and then he's done with it in two <laughs> weeks, and he doesn't want to hear about it or think about it anymore. Yeah, that's pretty much... I mean, I understand the frustration, but also I like it enough that I've just dove in completely into it. Dove in is not a word. Nope. You're thinking of Dova Keen from your favorite video game. I mean, Skyrim was another one I dove into real deep. It's a good game, though. Yep. Secretariat. Uh, Okay. Okay. Secretariat had a genetic deformity where his heart was almost twice the size of a normal horse heart. Close, but no cigar. Is that the name of a horse? <laughs> yep, that's where that <laughs> phrase comes from. <laughs> yeah, great. secretariat is just a mispronunciation <laughs> of the phrase close, but no cigar. It's like Jinko jeans. Anyway, so, Louisa, what have you been up to on the internet this week? There well, we <laughs> internet-wise, I have been consuming a lot of bonus content from the Maximum Fun podcast network. I think you guys mm-hmm. probably have, too. Because yep. it's their fun drive time, so they're putting out a lot of extra bonus stuff, and it is an embarrassment of riches, and I'm very excited. Yeah, we're going to do a break in the middle where we tell you about all the different pledge levels, and uh, <laughs> we're going to give you a, a link to, to go to to pledge, but... Uh, Yes, this is the Max Fun Time. It's a it's a great <laughs> the Max Fun Time. <laughs> it's the Max Fun Drive. It's a great and exciting time for all of the members of the Max Fun community, of which we kind of are members. We, we are not. Yeah. Well, I we mean, we're members so of we the can. community. Yeah. Oh, this is my least favorite time of year because all of the podcasts are in, are interrupted with ten minutes of identical messages. No way! They customize things, and there's double podcasts every week. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have to sign. I'm gonna have to go with Jeff on this one. I'm sorry. Like, what? It's the the bonus content is good, but you only get one of that, and then like half of every episode of every podcast you listen to is the same things being said over and over again. But it's been different ways less. It's been types. less egregious this year, though. Yes, it doesn't. And I do like. I do like that we get an extra uh, adventure zone, even though it's just going to be a Q and A thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's still good, though. I mean, especially now. I thought it was weird that they did an Adventure Zone, uh, Adventure Zone Nights. No, what is it called? Uh, the the Adventure Zone Zone uh, <laughs> episode when they were like in the middle of the Crystal Kingdom arc. Because yeah. I was like, well, the, I don't have any questions yet because there's still more like half of the story to go. I don't know yet, <laughs> you know. But now they're getting to the end. I think that there's a lot of of uh, 
question marks out there. Yeah. Oh man, I, think... I read. Have you guys read the fan theory that Angus is a is actually a dragon polymorphed yeah. into a boy? No, but I'm not I, surprised. <laughs> I commented on that on Facebook, Drangus, and a bunch of people liked that. <laughs> it's a pretty good theory, Louisa. You should look it up. I think you'd like it. It's I like, like to surprisingly be well thought out. Plus, I also like that. Uh, obviously, <clears throat> Griffin takes feedback because no spoilers, but. He- said I like to be surprised and don't want spoilers like one minute ago and then yeah. immediately said a spoiler like a very large spoiler for that show the fact that I left it ambiguous means it wasn't a spoiler you trying to say it's a spoiler is making it too pointed you nah, didn't you leave should... it ambiguous at all you wouldn't yeah, have you said it if that it out. wasn't a thing <laughs> yeah I'm gonna bleep it out so let's not refer directly to it but let's talk a lot more about it in general terms <laughs> well, about that thing Louisa that is said. a specific thing though the fact that he's like I think that he was planning it from the end of uh, the first arc, Here There Be Gerblins, when they first encounter a... Yeah, I think that was important, too. I don't um, think that that's tied to the character that Louisa spoiled us on a moment ago. Well, I, I mean, it's... the latest episode, so I don't have all the information. That's true. Um, I think that the from the first appearance of... Um... Uh, that he was planning on it. Like, when the... Does that make sense? I don't know. I do understand yeah. what you're saying, but I don't agree with you even even a little bit. Not even 1% of, like, I don't think that's even possible at all. You think he made it? You think he made a character with a secret identity but hadn't decided who it was yet? Yes. I do uh, that all the time when I run games. <laughs> Almost every secret identity character... <laughs> Yo, okay, for anyone out there who runs tabletop games, and if you want a pointer from Matt, who is a pretty mediocre tabletop game runner, (laughs) here's what I will say. Put a whole bunch of mysteries in your game, and then when people are trying to guess it, just listen to the possible answers they throw out and pick the one you like best. (laughs) You don't Uh, have to know the answer to the mystery. That's what your players are there for. It's great. The problem with Matt's tip from my point of view is that I want to guess wildly on a million different theories about what a mystery will be, and I don't want to be right on any of them. So if the uh, game master is listening and being like, oh yeah, okay, it's that then, I'll be like uh, disappointed when I get to it. Sometimes well, what I do is I'll listen and find the one I like best and then change it just enough that it'll sound like it's not one that anyone guessed yet. That's what I do a lot. <laughs> well, this is all very funny. <laughs> but, listen, we're not here to exclusively to try super hard to make jokes. Uh, we're also just like interesting, smart people that people want to hear talk. Yes, but... And this is a game theory podcast, so yeah, I know this is tabletop, here. but come on, <laughs> this applies still. <laughs> I don't think anyone likes to hear anyone else talk about how they run tabletop games. I know this because I, I do that. I talk about it a lot, and people seem very bored. Um, well, that's not going to go well with um, my thing from online. Oh, fuck. I was going to talk about um, the Adventure Zone, but then uh, we kind of brought that up with the Max Fun Drive stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but instead, I'll talk about the new D&D book I ordered that comes out next month. Uh, oh, is that I the guess... Tales from the Dark Portal or whatever it is? Tales from the Yawning Portal. Yeah. Um, 
I ordered it primarily because it contains uh, a handsome fifth... bartender on the cover with sleeve garters. <laughs> That's the best thing about it for me. <laughs> I do like the cover art. Fifth edition cover art has been amazing. Um, it's got a fifth edition adaptation of Tomb of Horrors and of um, Matt, your friend Lawrence Schick's uh, original like 1979 module White Plume Mountain. Yes. Has he been involved in the adaptation at all? No, he writes almost exclusively for Elder Scrolls now. Yeah, I saw his Wikipedia page says he's the uh, head lore master for Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, which I feel... is an awesome title. <laughs> I feel pretty bad whenever I play Skyrim because I pick up the books and they have so much shit in them that I just never will read and don't care about at all. And I know Lawrence spent literally three years of his life writing all of that, so <laughs> I feel a little bit bad, but. You know, I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna read all that. <laughs> that would be an awesome job to have in, uh, like if you could have that job in any established universe, which one would you pick? Ooh, I don't know that I would pick any. To be honest, that sounds like an awful job. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be the like lead lore master for the Star Trek franchise or something. No, there are. Mm. The problem is that even the ones that I like the most. There are people who like them more and are very much more into them than I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm interested. I, I'm not uh, at the point where this will uh, could possibly be a part of my career, but I think it would be really fun to get to work with the Lucasfilm Story Group, because apparently it's basically the people who made Wikipedia eventually got hired by Lucasfilm to be in charge of keeping track of Star Wars canon. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so now they're in charge, like, whenever someone writes a Star Wars novel, it goes through them and gets sent back with notes like, uh, well, we already have a desert planet, so you can just use that, or like, <laughs> no, this race can't speak, uh, galactic basic, because they don't have the right mouth. Well, wait a minute, a lot of these are, uh, alien species are just racist caricatures. <laughs> We've yeah. just realized this. <laughs> we have to uh, go back and start from, start from scratch. No, no, when they give <laughs> feedback, it's like, mm, this this alien race isn't as racist as the normal for Star Wars universe, and you're really, you're breaking the tone of the universe by not having them be more racist. Oh man, the, like, the Clone Wars cartoon has had to, they had to do so much, like, including those racist characters in non-racist ways to, like, make up for all the horrible things George Lucas did in the prequels. Yeah, so all the characters on that show are the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, they go to uh, the planet where Watto is from, and instead of all of them speaking like, um, uh, what's the Jewish stereotype character? Fagin? Shy- Shylock? Shylock. Yeah, well, but yeah. Then, yeah. Instead of all speaking like a bunch of Shylocks uh, from Brooklyn, they um, they have like more generic accents, and they're not they don't care about money. They care about like other people. So like they make a huge effort to be like, no, 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 no. They're not all just Jewish stereotypes. They're like a generic monster species. We just decided to make the main one <laughs> yeah. a Jewish stereotype. <laughs> George Lucas did that, and then afterwards, other people were like, how do we fix this? <laughs> like they had a uh, George Takei voice one of the uh, racist Asian bad guy aliens, mm. which I don't know if that's a great solution, but yeah. it at least it, it makes it less racist than having uh, whatever was in the movie. I think. 
I guess so. I don't know. That feels like so, they're spreading the blame around. Yeah. One of the one of the fan edits for the prequels uh, replaces all of their dialogue with alien gibberish and subtitles, so that they are like a little less racist, even though they're still dressed like opium den purveyors. Yeah, man, <laughs> my God, I'm just remembering that and like. How on earth did anyone think that was ever okay? I guess this is very yeah. well tread territory, but like, I've read some good. Hard. I've read some good things about fantasy writing, and they're like, be sure you really try to break free from a lot of the terrible things about Earth because you're writing fantasy, and you can have whatever. And I think about that a lot when I think about those Star Wars aliens. Like, you can it's, have whatever. It's I because I sometimes Go ahead. think. I sometimes think that uh, George Lucas like read those theories about J.R.R. Tolkien being a racist and like how all of his different uh, fantasy races were reflections of different races during World War II and stuff. And like he was like, well, listen, if if J.R.R. Tolkien thinks he could be the most racist epic fantasy storyline, <laughs> I need to really up my game. Yeah, I, I think Lucas, he all his all of the movies he's made are, I think. None of them are meant to be contemporary. They're all either set in the past or, you know, a long, long time ago, even further past. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like he feels like it's fine to use those because he's like, oh, you know, this is the kind of racism that was around in the 40s. So I'm going to put that in Indiana Jones in the 80s and that'll be fine. Like, no, it's not fine. <laughs> you don't get a pass because you're like, uh, yeah, 40s racism, that's still okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not referencing my beliefs about other races. I'm referencing yeah. other people's beliefs about other races from but a I'm while But I'm still ago. just going to show all the stereotypes. <laughs> yes. But then I'm blameless. <laughs> my comprehensive theory of George Lucas is that he has an infinite well of uh, new and interesting ideas but can't discern between the bad ones and the good ones Yeah. Um, and before he was the richest, most successful and important artist ever to live um, he had a bunch of people who would tell him what? No, you can't do that but by 1998 everyone was like well you made Star Wars so you must know what's best he's like the comedians we talked about who are great on SNL when they're fighting against the system and then as soon as they get the power to make whatever they want in their own movies they're terrible Yeah. speaking of terrible comedians another thing I've been seeing an uptick of lately is people uh, oh the Dave Chappelle thing is a huge example of this is this your thing online? no it's not (laughs) People being like, um, well, yes, this comedian's humor is racist, but that's the whole point. As if that somehow, like, excuses it? I haven't watched the the Chappelle specials, but uh, the main criticism against them seems to be that he's really regressive about LGBT concerns, um, Mm -hmm. which is, oh, my Echo's about to say something. No, it didn't. Good job, Echo. It was going to interject um, something about Dave Chappelle. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's, it's disappointing because if you go back and watch Chappelle's show or his old stand-up, he doesn't talk about that stuff at all because he doesn't know about it. Um, but the stuff he does talk about is so new and like big and smart and for him to then dive into a subject he doesn't know about it and bungle it is disappointing because I know that he can do better than that. Yeah. 
Well, and I, I find a lot of the time when people do that defensive, like, well, th okay, there's two things that, that come up a lot in these conversations of defending a comedian. Number one, well, okay, I guess three things. <laughs> well, four. Sp Spanish Inquisition. No, okay. <laughs> Number one is, like, don't take it so seriously, which is a crazy thing to say to someone when they're upset already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to get into that one other than to say, obviously, that's not an okay thing to say. Like, Some people... you don't have to be taking it seriously to be upset by it. You can right. want to laugh and have someone, like, not be letting you laugh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's also... A lot of people who like it and think that that is a defense for it being um, problematic, but yeah. like, it's okay if you like it and you still recognize that there's problems with it. Listen. In fact, I would say mm -hmm. it's essential to criticism uh, that you ab are able to see the merits of something. Yeah, uh, in addition to its faults. Going back to what Louisa was saying about uh, George Lucas just a minute ago, I love mm. the Indiana Jones movies. I yeah. recognize that they are very racist yeah. a lot of the time, and I wish that they weren't. I know. But I still love them. I mean, I can still love them despite the fact that they. I, I acknowledge that they are problematic. It's, if yeah, you really the... like something like that, it's hard to acknowledge that you have the privilege of liking it and ignoring the racism, whereas someone else who says, no, I don't like those movies, they're <coughs> terrible, like, maybe because they don't have that privilege. Yeah. Yeah. I think you it's... just have to acknowledge that it's in there, even though it makes it that you like the movie a little less, yeah. just because, like, that's just the price you pay for it being the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Uh, I feel like one of the biggest difficulties in art and culture criticism these days is people don't want to be told that there's problems with the things they like. Yeah. Like, uh, this is this was what Gamergate was about, half half of it. Half of it was about attacking women, and the other half was uh, about people not wanting to be told that video games are sexist. Um, but, like, Anita Sarkeesian starts every video by saying, it's important to criticize the things you like. You can't fully enjoy something if you're not willing to look at it with a critical eye yeah. and acknowledge uh, its faults and the things that it does right in equal measure. Those and it's are the like, same people who like get mad if a critic's like uh, the new, uh, you know, modern warfare. Uh, I'm only going to give it a six out of ten, and they'll have yeah. a campaign against that person. Like, don't you know how this is going to hurt the game? Like, are you crazy? Are you <laughs> so, seriously worried about a review hurting a game that's going to make billions of dollars? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, someone What's... gave Zelda a seven out of ten, and they've started a hate campaign against that person. That's a really good grade. If you're taking <laughs> five out of ten to be average, you're saying it's halfway between average and perfect. Yeah. Even the <laughs> idea that you're entitled to uh, get angry at a critic for the way they criticize something is kind of insane. Yeah. Yeah, getting angry is weird. What Jeff said about uh, Anita Sarkeesian, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Yeah. Like, it's funny because I kind of feel the same way about her, which is that I very much dislike her as a person while still acknowledging that she is correct about sexism in video games. Like, hmm. she's absolutely saying things the right way, like, doing the right thing, but I just find her to be very unlikable. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I have no judgment about her as a person. I don't really watch those videos anymore because they're extremely dry, uh, and they contain, like, the most basic 101 information. Yes. Um, but it's so... 
Like, it's stuff that is so obvious that I can't imagine... Like, she's not saying anything incendiary in any of her videos at all. She'll just show a clip from a video game and be like, this is degrading to women because this character has no agency, and people will send death threats to her parents over it. It's madness. Yeah. Yes. You need to you need to recognize that her criticism is valid even if it's just not very good or interesting. A lot yeah. of people need to learn that their opinion is actually not that important. So like if they hate a review for a game, like that doesn't matter. <coughs> Yeah, so my thing on the internet this week uh, is that I hate all the reviews. Oh no! That said, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but I am going to disagree with a lot of the reviews that came out for the new Mass Effect game, Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, oh, have you been enjoying it? I have been enjoying it, and it is certainly not perfect. But I think a lot of people really wanted it to be more of the same Mass Effect and it's not intended to be and I think that's a lot of why people are upset about it um, I mean like there's basic stuff where like some of the animation is weird <laughs> and bad Like, yeah that's Bioware though buggy. they don't make they, they code their games as poorly as Bethesda if not worse yes and like there's there's definitely that stuff which is just like it's weird because it's simultaneously indefensible and also ignorable because like it's like somebody making a typo in their novel like you should be you shouldn't do that you should be a good enough writer to not do that but also like i shouldn't include that in my criticism of it i don't think right no, I think that technical problems should be included in criticism especially if it's something like a video game that's been in development for 5 years well, I guess it depends on if we're talking about a artistic criticism or a practical criticism. Like, should you buy this game? Yes, yes or no. Like, I understand that that you want you want people to be aware of the technical problems with the game before they decide if they want to buy it or not. But if you're criticizing the art of the game and you say like the characters like. Uh, hands rendered poorly so that they looked weird when the character was moving, like. That's not the point, right? <laughs> does it's anyone, about telling a story. Does anyone actually review the stories for video games? I think it depends on what game it is. Yes. I have never seen such a review, I don't think. I, I often see it mixed in with other stuff. So, like, Polygon is one of my favorite game review sites because they usually include the story of the game as part of the review, but they also do the technical stuff and the controls and stuff like that. And I get that that's a part of the experience, but ultimately that is less important to me than if the game tells an effective story in a way that is engaging and fun. I think a holistic review of a video game is important. I think you can't just consider technical and you can't just consider the artistry of it because I think that they are too tied into one another. Like, what? if if for the reviewer those bad hand animations pull them out of the experience, then that's important to the experience. Yeah, I agree with you, but then I don't think I've ever seen anyone get into the art of the game in a review. Mm. And also, I just think... I think that there's an awful lot of stuff bandied about about the idea of being pulled out of an experience as a bad thing, hmm. but I don't necessarily think that's always bad. I think that, like, 
sometimes a game reminding you that it's this that it's a fictional universe is okay. I think <laughs> if it's done intentionally, like uh I hate to bring it up because I think about this game like constantly even though it came out 5 years ago or whatever. Bioshock like, Infinite. Bioshock Infinite. Yes. Fucking I knew uh, it. I knew it. I knew it. This like that game willfully pulls you out of it by like sort of pointing out that you're playing a game. But uh and the like weird dissonance between the combat and the rest of the game. But like if it if it would just like the faces derezzed and you just had like weird skull monsters with floating eyeballs in the middle of the uh scene, it would look it would be bad. Like that would be a bad way of pulling you out of the game. Which yeah, sure, is but a lot of why uh, the recent Assassin's Creed got so lambasted because the technical problems made it basically unplayable. Yes, if a game is unplayable, I get it. If it's just that like the biggest problem I have with the game right now is that for some reason, like, <laughs> what's humorous about it all is that the problems seem to be problems that no one should ever encounter. Like, the the problem I'm having is that the, the people's irises and pupils and their eyeballs are too small <laughs> so that it looks like they're always surprised because, like, you can see the white all the way around the iris and, like, surely you hired people who have studied, like, art. <laughs> and, any like, the first thing you learn when you're learning to draw human faces is that you shouldn't show the white all the way around somebody's iris, right? Yeah. I mean, like, that's, like, very basic stuff. Yeah. So, like, because it's so basic, it's weird and, I like, it's not good. I'm not saying it's good. But also, I'm like... Okay, I'm going to take it as read that that is bad, and I'm just going to, like, push that to the side. It doesn't make the game unplayable. It's just something that I have to ignore to enjoy the game. Well, I think that your ability to ignore it uh, is not necessarily the same as um, everyone else's. I mean, that's the sort of thing I could ignore in a game. Um, I mean, because, like, like we've talked about, I love Skyrim, and that is one of the most poorly coded pieces of trash ever released. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you'll walk around in that game and you'll see a dragon flying upside down from the ground to the sky, and that makes no sense. <laughs> and that's just, like, in the game, all the time, and sometimes you can ignore it and sometimes you can't. I think I have a much better time with games that try for an art style rather than uh, verisimilitude, because mm. once you pick an art style and maybe you make faces look a little more cartoony, like, it's all simple. You just accept it at that point. Yeah, you can hide a lot of mistakes by making it look like anime instead of real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also I find games that look like anime to be the least engaging type of game for me personally. I don't mind a cartoony game, but something about an anime game, I'm like, uh, this is going to be hours and hours of impenetrable garbage. So you're not a Persona fan? <laughs> I do like Persona, but it's still hours and hours of impenetrable garbage. There's yes. so often in Persona games, you'll be like, you'll walk into a store and there'll be an old lady who's tending the store and you're like, how are you? And she launches into an like 20 uh, box long dialogue about a trip to like a Shinto shrine somewhere that references place names and like 
such detail that you're sure it's probably a real thing, but you have no experience with it, and it doesn't do anything to enhance the game itself. It doesn't reference something that's happening in the game. <laughs> it's just there, and it's like, why? Yeah, what it's wild that, that those games ever got brought westward because they are <laughs> they are so full of like specific Japanese-ness. And in Persona Three, there's the like outlandishly in bad taste uh, main like, head. Yes, the yeah. primary mechanic of that game that came out in like 2002 is that teenagers shoot themselves in the head to bring out their um, inner power, which is like <laughs> such a heavy-handed metaphor in <laughs> such a like bad time to be making a heavy-handed metaphor about that. See, but this goes back to being intentionally bad, where I kind of think I think it would be hard for you to make a to be in that bad taste without meaning to be. Oh no, I also think that because I specifically love that aspect of the game and it makes me not look forward to playing Persona 4 which uh, apparently does not have that aspect of the game. Yeah, so especially is there because someone Persona behind 4 that came game? out like many years ago. Is there someone behind that game like George Lucas where people are like, oh geez, this is like heavy handed, I don't know about this. And he's like, no, 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 no yeah, it's a commentary. This is great, we have to do Louisa, it. Louisa, you're confused. Persona is an is an amazingly good game series. Everything about it is great. Yeah, a lot of things about Star Wars are great. But you have somebody who where you're like, I don't know if this is tasteful, and then a George Lucas things... is like, No, it's good. <laughs> I don't think that anything uh, tasteless in Star Wars was tasteless on purpose. I think it was all because George Lucas is uh, yeah. incapable of recognizing which of his ideas are bad. That is literally what I'm saying, though. Other people no. might be like, oh, Persona... this is tasteless. And then he's like, no, it's not. It's great. <laughs> Persona 3 and Persona 4 were both games that were intentionally like being weird to upset people. Yeah, but, yeah. I think the There's provocativeness no... is... Uh, done on purpose. Yeah, but to say that that is what they were going for doesn't really negate what I'm saying, which is that people who don't have a good sensitivity level for what's tasteless might be the ones making those decisions. I don't know. I, don't I think, think that that's the case. I, I don't think that... You I think just that what, said it so... No, hang on, Louisa. <laughs> I think that the thing you just said is untrue. I think that it is impossible... <laughs> for you to intentionally like like pitch perfectly make your point by being offensive if you're not aware of how offensive you're being right but that that doesn't mean that they succeed but mm -hmm. they do succeed i think but if you, you said asked... it's so it's so weird to have teenagers shoot themselves in the head yes. are you saying that that was successful yes it was intentionally weird to be of off-putting. That was the point of it. Yeah, it's, I don't uh, think It's so. Brechtian. And I think that would keep me from playing the game, so... I think that's fair for you, but I it's think if you... It's not for you, though. If you it ask... Should Anything should be for anybody. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. <laughs> I think if that's you a, asked... That's an the, insane thing to say. <laughs> on its surface, any entertainment <laughs> should be accessible. Everything should be for everyone? That's, no. What? That's what you just said! To present something to the public, it should be like, I think there's a good chance people are going to like this. Yeah, people do like it, just not you. <laughs> Why I... do you think it's me specifically when you say, oh, well, it's not for you? Because it's for people who are into, like, 
very moody emo anime, and you're not. Neither yeah. are you, so why do you think it's for you? I mean, I, I can appreciate that stuff, and I don't necessarily think it's for me, but I like it because it's I get what it's trying to do. I disagree. I feel like I'm much more likely to like some of the things about it than you are. Well, how much do you guys like Death Note? Because it's totally similar to Death Note. Nope, I refuse to pay any attention to that. Okay. I've watched all of the anime Death Note, so my point is proven. There it is. For me and not Louisa. <laughs> I, I think if you asked the creators of Persona 3 about the provocative aspects, they'd be like, yes, we want it to be provocative. And if you asked George Lucas about the provocative aspects of Star Wars, he'd be like, what do you mean provocative? <laughs> yeah, oh, but you what mean I... that those aliens with tentacles coming out of their heads? <laughs> but anybody who does something that you feel falls flat, like a lot of Banksy stuff, like, yeah, he's like, yeah... <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, I'm upsetting the establishment. Is this too much for you? And you're like, I, you're not doing a good job, though. Like, yeah, you're trying to do it. You're trying to be I see. I understand what you mean now. Okay. But I think Persona 4 does do a good job. I think that they are provocative. They do it. They succeed at it, is all I'm saying. I think okay. that you, can, you should give Persona a chance, but I don't know if you own any of the video game systems that it's available for. I don't for. think I do. And that's the PlayStation to... Vita, Wait, the PlayStation 2, and the PlayStation 3? Nope. But Louisa, you own the computer, and I can give you an emulator. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I guess <laughs> PS2 emulators are a thing now, huh? Figuring out yeah. how to play a game I don't really want to play with a keyboard does not sound like a ton of fun. Well, I have a, controller. a USB yeah. controller you can have. If you or want. I can play Breath of the Wild until I shrivel up and die. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> that I guess is you could never reasonable. expand your tastes for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, I really do expand my taste with an anime soap opera game. Thanks. I mean, it's one of the most, like... <laughs> it's a good genre of game, yeah. anime soap opera. That's one of my favorite... <laughs> like, I like it conceptually more than I like to play it, but Agreed. I still like it. I liked uh, Nine Hours, Nine Persons, <coughs> Nine Doors, but I thought that I was so ridiculously that. melodramatic, and the story oh. kind of sucked. Okay, but if Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors, and Pokemon had an emo baby, it would be Persona. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty much an accurate description <laughs> like the personas you summon are, are all like weird sexy bondage monsters but they're basically pokemon they're also all references to world mythology louisa you would like this yeah i don't know <laughs> you're not really selling it to me yeah, <laughs> Some it's, of these not, things, it's yeah. not for you a lot I'm of these just, things yeah, no oh apparently it's like not it. for me i'm, I'm negging this now i'm negging you so that you'll get into it <laughs> I mean, most people like this video game, but I don't know, maybe you're too cool for it. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't not, work! Then I'll maybe say, you're yeah, not I am smart cool enough to understand this video game. <laughs> that's better negging. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's just insulting. <laughs> negging has to be a backhanded compliment. Well, I still think saying you're too cool for something <laughs> is not a backhanded compliment at all. Yeah. My answer can be, like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not cool at all. I'll, lo I'll love it. Yeah, you'd, have I to guess say it would... you'd have to say something like, I bet you never thought that you were smart enough to understand this game, but you are. Yeah. yeah. Or like, oh, I, I thought you would be, I thought you would be like smart and cool enough, but hmm, I guess, I guess not. No, that's just mean again. <laughs> oh, whoops. Uh, let's hit that random button. Yep, we which did. we already have. And Louisa's one is definitely the one we're going to do. So <laughs> yes, 100%. I was so delighted when it came up. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's let's so get through good. ours first. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get into that, let's take a break to talk about the Max Fun Drive. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. <laughs> 
Uh, I promised a year ago. I know you don't remember this, but I promised a year ago <laughs> no, on, on I this do. podcast that we would pretend to be members of the Max Fun Drive. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, I got reddit.com slash r slash cbd, which is apparently about um, medical marijuana. Yes. What does that stand for? Cannabis uh, of... by drug. <laughs> it's by it's Dre. The... It's the Beats by Dre. <laughs> yes. uh, <I'll> shoot. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's the other. It's the other uh, chemical in weed besides THC. It's apparently oh, okay. what has the medicinal effect. Okay. Cannabinoid. <laughs> that can't be a word. I think be- it is a word. Cannabinoid beats by Dre. I think I genuinely think cannabinoid is a word. Hang on. Yeah, it is. It refers to it refers to cannabis like uh, it's uh, cannabidiol. The definition of it is uh, to express something in language either written or spoken. Yay, we did it. (laughs) Oh, CBD is a cannabinoid. It's uh, it's hemp oil. Wasn't Jar Jar Binks a cannabinoid? (laughs) <laughs> yeah it was very very racist yep. guys was that thing we were talking about sign language before the episode started I can't remember yes it was remember before either. we started recording oh fuck <laughs> no I do- I've done it you done okay. it yourself Pulled now Louisa. you always complain about other people I do making God references. damn it God oh you know what I just heard this being advertised on a podcast I listen to because one of the brand names is Charlotte's Web Hemp Extract. Hmm. Some pig. Yeah, yeah that's not a good name. Be listening to these podcasts if they're trying to sell you drugs. I mean, yeah, they're, they're not, not your, your real friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that one. We're also not doing my one, which is r slash baseball. Is that the most generic <laughs> yeah. and broad subreddit we've ever gotten? <laughs> I mean. But it was it's one that has to exist, right? It's I guess. like one of those things where like when you en- enter a fantasy world, you automatically assume that certain things exist, like there's like banking and farming and stuff, even if it's uh, I thought you meant like stated. I thought you meant dwarves and elves. No no. <laughs> I mean to say that there are some cannabinoids. There are some <laughs> base assumptions which we will call cannabinoids. <laughs> that just exists whenever you talk about a world. I feel like when we talk about the world of Reddit, that it's a base assumption that every huge, boring thing... It's a baseball thing, assumption. Yes. Yeah. Every huge, boring thing will have a subreddit for bore, huge, boring people to talk about it all. Yeah, there's r it slash only... bread somewhere, I bet. I don't want to oh, look it up, sure. but I'm sure it's got millions of uh, subscribers. It only has 380,000 r slash baseball. I well, thought it would be like r slash Reddit and everyone subscribed to it. I feel guys, like if you're just finding... guys, r slash bread is an invite only community. <gasps> oh my and god! R slash Reddit has been banned <laughs> six years for six years. <laughs> what? What are they doing over there? Oh my god! What is r slash bread about? It's Try to join. Make a request to join it. Oh, it says it's closed. Go to r slash bread it. Yes, which I is know. Active. But why is bread closed? <laughs> That's the question. Uh, they OD'd on, on gluten. What does that mean? That's not a reason to close a Reddit, Jeff. That's not I a don't know, man. Joke. <laughs> Listen, I just say things. I don't <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, man. Should I ask to join our slash bread? Yes, of course you should. I don't you like bread that much. Well, you need to infiltrate. 
you hold on. You don't like bread that much? We've talked about this on the show before, Jeff. That's where you got your fan picture of that girl dressed in bread. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess this makes you the subject of Louisa's subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Louisa also doesn't like bread that much, so yeah, I like it okay. But all Louisa does is make bread. I uh, incorrect. Working with yeast Jeff, totally you need to sucks. understand Have that the word it? bread and the word food do not mean the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but cookies are a type of bread. They yeah, are not true. <laughs> They're small, sweet bread. <laughs> like sweet breads, which yes. come out of cows. <laughs> Isn't that the brains? Yes. No, it's like Gross. kidneys. Oh yeah, what's the... A uh, head cheese is the brains. No, that's... I, no, head no. cheese is just random meat. Yeah. What's the one that's the brains, then? <sighs> sweet meats, it's, um, maybe? Yeah. Anyway. Lights? Uh, sweet, no, no. Sweet breads Lights is... Kidneys. Sweetbreads is the thymus and the pancreas. Mm. Hmm. Gross. Yeah. Thymus, I barely know us. Yay. <laughs> gross. Yep. <laughs> so what'd you get, Louisa? The one we're doing. <laughs> I got r slash sympathetic monsters. <laughs> okay, so... Of is which Captain... Matt is. <laughs> so what is Captain Transylvania been up to lately? <laughs> yeah, <that's exactly>. <laughs> Reddit was like, guys, you haven't talked about your character in so long, I need to give you this one. <laughs> so this subreddit at the top has a picture of the Boris Karloff Frankenstein, just a little black and white picture, and then the background is like some kind of fantasy setting of a warrior woman, and she's like reaching out her hand gently to some weird, like, yak creature or something. Mm, some <laughs> kind like of Krogan or whatever. I have seen this monster before. It looks kind of like one of the monsters from um, Pan's Labyrinth, but... Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's some kind of Star Wars. I don't know. It's and definitely then, not. On the side, all the information for this particular subreddit is Monsters Need Love too, And that's it. True. That's kind of a <laughs> subtitle for this show. They put, uh, interestingly, this is sort of related to, was it last week's? The Imaginary Cyberpunk? Because some of the relateds are imaginary ones. Mm. And one of the friends is... This is incomprehensible to me. R slash imaginary turtle worlds. <laughs> is that oh, specifically Discworld stuff? I'm very uh, confused. Is your world on a turtle? Does your turtle have a civilization on its back? Do you live inside or on top of a turtle? Uh, that is the, that is imaginary turtle worlds. If, That's so specific. If you yeah. live inside a turtle, you should stop. That yeah, they don't like turtle. that. They don't like that. <laughs> related to, related subreddits r slash discworld, of course. Yeah. One of the most popular turtle worlds. <laughs> There's eleven thousand people subscribed to imaginary turtle worlds. Stop looking at imaginary turtle worlds because we get a hundred downloads per week. <laughs> There's thirty three thousand monsters in sympathetic monsters. Do you think yeah. that that means Lady Gaga fans? They're little. <laughs> no, those are little monsters. <laughs> No, I thought that was Fred Savage. Yeah, you got it. Oh, that's who she's reaching her hand out to with the downwards facing horns. That monster from uh, Ah Real Monsters. That's not specific enough. <laughs> that show was exclusively monsters. I'm so confused. I thought you were being sincere, and I don't think you are now. Now I'm confused about what. Or did I say the wrong title? That's not the name yeah. of the Fred Savage movie. No, no, it's monsters. Not. <laughs> Our real monsters is the Nickelodeon cartoon. Oh fuck that! Yeah. Okay, so I was talking about the Fred Savage movie. I was like, one of those monsters was a hand. Is this a joke about how she's reaching her hand out? What is happening? One of the monsters was basically the fawn from 
Pan's Labyrinth, but less spooky. But yeah. the monster in the French Savage movie also had little downward-facing goat horns. I see. I didn't see that movie. <laughs> I didn't either, but I remember that poster. No one saw that movie. It's the first movie ever made that no one saw. It's weird. <laughs> Incredible. Yep. Um, I like this subreddit. Yeah, it's really good. Look at the seventh highest post of all time. It's like, it's so good. <laughs> I don't know what, it's like set in a fantasy world that is apparently original, or I, I don't think it's referring to anything, um, but it's, the title of it is, Yo Bro, Is It Safe Down There in the Woods? And it's just a picture of, like, a huge mountain-sized monster looking at a little druid man, and he's pointing down to the woods, and the mountain-sized monster is giving a thumbs up. I love it! <laughs> I love this cute. so much! Yeah. Yeah, I, uh... It reminds me of a lot of my favorite things, um, which I guess is sympathetic monsters. Like, Shadow of the Colossus is sort of a sad version of this, because all of the monsters are sympathetic, but the goal of the game is to murder them viciously. The only real monster is, ah, real monsters. I was gonna say your character, (laughs) but, uh... (laughs) The real monster is the friends we made along the way. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I like looking at these pictures. Uh, the top one is a fun comic of a Godzilla with a bunch of baby Godzillas oh, I've teaching seen them how to before. destroy buildings. Yes, yeah. very cute. <laughs> There's another comic here of a little girl who has rescued like a monster's larval child and like feeds it while it grows up. Yeah, this is dark as fuck. I just got to the end of it and I'm really bummed out. <laughs> yeah, there's no words in it, which I think is really interesting. Um, oh, man, I like a, I like a good silent comic. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, very upsetting to look at because everybody wants this monster to be killed. <laughs> well, and did you get to the end of it? Oh, no! Yeah. I'm at the end of it! It's so bad! Yeah, it is bad, yes. So, anyway. I mean, I think the the message of this is a message that's told in a lot of stories, which is that, like, being afraid of something or angry at something makes you more of a monster than it is no matter how much it looks like a monster and i think that that is an interesting story trope because of the fact that it is patently untrue in real life (laughs) well if you take away all the exaggeration of physical monstrosity you can find a parallel sure but like a lot of stuff like this is like this giant monster with, like, huge teeth and horns that's coming at you, like, try to understand it. And that might work in a fantasy world, but in real life, if a monster, if an animal with big teeth is coming at you, it's probably gonna hurt you. Yeah, but it's a metaphor for, like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, uh, fucking Home Alone with the old man who, oh, he's so mean, but then he's not mean. You just judge You're wrongly. talking about Joe, you're talking about Joe Pesci? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wasn't mean at all. He just wanted to steal all your belongings. Yeah, he was greedy, not mean. <laughs> Daniel Stern was the mean one, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, hmm. What was I going to say? I don't remember. Oh, no, I think that, uh, like, my fav- one of my favorite genre of videos is people being friends with tigers, yes. uh, or tigers being friends with, like, puppies, and I think that this, uh, that they would fit in the genre of sympathetic monsters, or, like, elephants, which are generally really nice, unless you're aggressive towards them. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I think the point is, like, the point of these stories and i get that it's a metaphor louisa please don't tell me again i do it's a metaphor (laughs) 
But, Matt, it's a metaphor. But, like, the characters in these stories succeed by ignoring the instinctual fear they have of something that looks aggressive and, like, dangerous. Yeah, that's true. That instinct is a, is a real good thing, by and large. Like, the, the take-it-as-read backstory of all these is... Usually it is a good idea to be scared of these things. But, but this one this time... Instance, it's not. Yeah. But the problem is that this story trope is so common now that you hear this story more often than you hear, like, this guy was afraid of that tiger, and he should have been because it ate him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, what's your favorite sympathetic monster in fiction? Hmm. You need to address a person specifically, I think, Jeff. Mm, no, I've, uh, well, Louisa said, okay, listener, like, she has to think. Listener, what's your favorite sympathetic monster? <laughs> Send Will us a win. postcard. No. <laughs> Matt, what's yours? I think you have one. Do I? Um, mm. I was gonna say Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I was gonna say Beast from X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Matt, think of a third beast. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, uh, the, the beast, that old Pizza Hut pizza that they had that was super big. <laughs> You look at it and you think it's evil, but it turns out it's just you should dead by appearances. This thing is covered in evil. Oh wait, no, that's just mushrooms. <laughs> you do think those are evil, so I appreciate. Yeah, well, they are evil. So. I'm working on it. I I ate mushrooms twice in the past week. Thank you. That's great. Thank you for your support. Um, I think I often find that the the most fun sympathetic monster stories to me is monsters that are sad that they are immortal. Like mm. sexy vampires? Not... Or Wolverine? <laughs> I mean, I guess, is Wolverine a monster? Yes. Yes. <laughs> if you asked him, he'd be like, yeah, bub. I mean, okay, are we including people as monsters in this? Mm, that depends. Is Wolverine a person? He does, that... he does kind of look monstrous, so I think he, he has... counts. He has a social security number. <laughs> Does he? He's 150 years old yeah, and Canadian. He served in the U.S. military like He served times. in the Canadian military. And the U.S. military. When? During when he murdered all those people in Africa. Oh, I don't remember that. Did you so... not see the movie The Wolverine, Jeff? <laughs> Matt, are you trying to make the case that he's not a monster by saying he killed a bunch of people in Africa? He was in the Canadian military in World War II, and then in, like, 1980, he was in Africa killing people for USA. Did that happen in The Wolverine? Uh, wait, not The Wolverine. What's the one that was... X-Men Origins Wolverine? Yeah, that's the one. God damn. I saw that movie once ten years ago and have forgotten about it forever because it's incredibly bad. It is so bad. I really like it. I really (laughs) like how bad it is. Did you see the new one yet? No, not yet. I haven't had time. It's genuinely good, which maybe you won't like it uh, because of that. Yeah, maybe. I, I want to reread Old Man Logan before I go see it, even though I know it's not totally based on that, just because I want to reread Old Man Logan, and this is a good ex- uh, good <laughs> excuse to do it. And you're not yeah, angry you should... enough when you go to the movies, so you yes. really want to be able to be like, oh no, this is different. It's yeah, it's uh, it's nothing like Old Man Logan except that Logan is old, but Old Man Logan is also good, so everyone um, should reread it. Um, I believe he's also a man, Jeff. So it's got mm. two things going, <laughs> and his name is Logan. It's totally synced up. Man or beast? Who knows? No, there's already one called Beast. 
No, yeah, whoops. <laughs> what if there was an X-Men called Man to go with Beast? That's, a, that's, just, that's such a stupid everything for that character. Everything about that character is dumb. There, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's a character that should not have been successful based on pretty much everything about it, but is probably, like, top five most successful comic book characters ever. With number one, of course, being Dick Tracy. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, or maybe The Shadow, but who knows. I think we've oh, talked about this before. But Jeff, it... <laughs> I like that joke. I was going to be upset, but I really thought it was what you did. Yeah, it didn't really make any sense, but I liked it too. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it? we've talked about this before, but we still don't have Dick Tracy uh, communicator watch technology. Like, we do. We Apple don't Watches yeah. don't have cameras in them yet. No, yeah, they but could, you can, but you, no one wants you, it. Yeah. You, can get and, you can get an Android Wear watch that has a camera in it. Yeah. And no do one people wear them? them? <laughs> they no. do sound bad. They, I mean, they you exist, can have it, but... <laughs> all we've discovered is that 1950s futurism is impractical and bad, so no one has it. So I don't know, everything else about that was pretty good. Like, a watch that gave you information. We have none that. of them. It's none called of them ever... an iWatch, and the I stands for information. Yeah, that is what I'm saying. <laughs> there is no product called the iWatch, Matt. The information watch. <laughs> I wrote iWatch in Marky on my Fitbit Blaze. So there. The information super watch. Yep. <sighs> is I for internet or our information on iPhones? Uh, I don't, I don't know. think it's for either. I think it's, like, as in iRobot. That can't be correct. I feel I like it's probably something specific. Wait, wait <laughs> Jeff, are you envisioning a scenario at Apple where they're like, we need to name our future technology in a way that won't be threatening to people. Let's name it after this book that's mainly about robots killing children. You know the company that makes Roomba is called iRobot, right? Yes, but those people are not as good at marketing as Apple is. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, what What if I Google iPhone etymology? Will that help? <laughs> oh, it won't help our podcast be funny, that's for sure. I was going to say, I bet it's one bit. of those backronyms where like, it used to stand for information pod, and then later they were like, um, no, it stands for intelligence or internet or anything that you want in the world, consumer. Like everybody fucking does, where they pretend the thing that they had as a something stood for something and doesn't anymore. Do you think maybe they started out making like just a Walkman and that was the A pod, and then they were like, "This is kind of <laughs> shitty. Let's make it a little smaller." And then that was the B pod, and so on. The B pod was yeah, something sure. that goes in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's yeah. weird? These sympathetic monsters, the ones that are like. Un- undead creatures like zombies or skeletons still bother me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though they're supposed to be sympathetic, I'm like, that's still scary. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't like a zombie, but like a pure, clean skeleton wearing like armor or something, I think that's cute. Uh, I guess. If it's got, if it's got mm. any meat on it, though, it's instantly spooky. Yeah. I feel like you could never relax around it. You said before in the real world about tigers and it's cute when people are friends with tigers. That's true. But I would never be able to relax with a tiger, and I would never really, like, be happy being with it. It's too you scary. Mean to say, 
You mean to say you would never be able to relax knowing that tigers exist anywhere in the world? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but luckily they're fictional creatures, so you're okay. That's why I'm yeah. always in a state of cat-like readiness, but not tiger readiness. Yes. Yeah, not tiger-like readiness. <laughs> tigers aren't ready a lot, I don't think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're the biggest, scariest creatures, so they don't have to ever be anxious. Do they? Are they the creature that sleeps the most, do you think? That can't be mm, true. Sloth. Or those toads that hibernate like ten months out of the year. Uh, well, Animal hours that per day. Apparently, the squirrels most. are the ones that that sleep the most. Squirrel oh, tiger is on the list, though. Yeah, squirrels, shrews, tigers, humans, monkeys, giant armadillo, pythons, human infants, to be specific. Yeah, well, the n- the night monkey for any of the other ones. What the hell is a night monkey? <laughs> Oh, That's man. a great name. Do not ask that question because then you get on there. <laughs> ah! <and they're> <laughs> it so- it when sounds. When the sun goes down, you better not have any bananas on you, oh brother. <laughs> oh, they're also known as owl monkeys, Guys. which is not as cool of a name as night monkey. Guys, is mm-hmm. the night monkey a good villain or sidekick for Ca- Captain Transylvania? <laughs> <laughs> Neither. Yes. No. He's his truest enemy. I think it has to be a sidekick because it's too cute to be a villain. Yeah, I, I, I'm leaning towards its sidekick as well, I think. Captain Transylvania works alone. No, no, he works with all of Universal's monsters. <laughs> We've <laughs> already discussed yeah. No, that. he is all of Universal's <laughs> monsters. That's why he could bring them together. He's uniquely situated to understand all of their plays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a... He's a Frankenstein made out of parts of a mummy, a gill man, a Dracula, and a wolfman. Yes. But also Is, that, is was... that the established fiction? I don't remember. No, well yes, that no, wait, hang on. He is a <laughs> Frankenstein made out of Dracula and Swamp Man parts, and then he was bitten by a wolfman. Okay, that mm. makes sense. Yes. And he's So on every full Mecha moon John he Henry. turns into a wolf? Yes. Mecca John Henry is genuinely maybe the funniest thing I've ever come up with in my entire life. Um, and it's uh, I don't know how much not even that you. funny. When you say I, <laughs> yeah. you mean all of us together, right? Mm, the phrase Mecca John Henry was me. I you don't guys think helped. that's true. I don't think that's true either. And none of us have listened back to that episode, so none of us, <laughs> yeah, and none ever, of us will. ever will. <laughs> <laughs> but... Whether, I mean, the the concept of Mecha John Henry was arrived at through a very organic process among the three of us. I do not like the way that you're steering this towards it being a yeah, I don't like this either. Jeff Co. production. Why is there not a video game, like an MMO, where you can play as a bunch of different monsters scaring mm, people? This is an episode of Cool Games, like, from a couple weeks ago. No, I'm not talking about cryptids that are being hunted. I'm talking about, like, you can play as a wolfman and, like, you eat people. Doesn't, isn't that in World of Warcraft? I think you can play as a wolfman. Yeah, but you don't eat people. You have to be good and like. There well, should I mean, be an offshoot of civilization where you build up a civilization of all wolfmen's or Draculas or whatever, and then fight the other monsters. I just think yeah. there should be, there should be a, a game where it's like a normal human city, and all of the humans are peace are NPCs, and then all of the people playing the game are monsters, and you can like. Fuck up all the humans. That'd oh, be yeah, awesome. Isn't that true wolf- of every game if you think about it? 
I, I don't think so. I think why are listen? Why sometimes are when I'm a little adventurer person, I go and smash up all someone's pottery. So don't tell me I'm not the monster. I, I like that you said adventurer person to yeah. keep it non-specific, so that I wouldn't disconnect this call, which I absolutely still will. You know what I'm saying, though, and I feel like it was a good point. Uh. <laughs> Why aren't Wolfmen's a horde race in World of Warcraft? Why are they a good guy race? Because hmm. they Alliance, were... that's the good guys. Because they're sympathetic monsters? Hmm? They they were humans, and then they were cursed by the Lich King to become wolves. Fuck, I've actually played World of Warcraft, and I know the actual answer. <laughs> I'm, I, I searched alliance races, and it did that Google thing popular on the web, and it shows all of them, but when it gets to gnome, it's just a picture of a lawn gnome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right between a night elf and a Warcraft human. <laughs> now t- now oh, and a troll is just the magic troll. What's the Draenei? Dry, dra- Those are the dragon people. Draenei. Fuck it, we need to stop talking about this. I'm really outing myself as a giant nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing until I... this point gave <laughs> any indication of that. <laughs> yep. Louisa, I like your idea of a uh, civilization mod, but instead of people, all the different nations are different types of monsters. Yeah, wouldn't it be so cute in Halloween? If you're a Dracula's, you'd build castles. If you're a Wolfman's, you'd probably just build cabins. That's kind of already the game Disciples. Is it? Is it? Yeah, like... I I want it to be like World of Dark World of Darkness branded uh, RTS. That would oh, be yeah. fun. They've had so much success with World of Darkness branded video games, Jeff. I'm surprised that they haven't made more of them. Hey, there's still patches being uploaded for uh, Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines, and that game came out 15 years ago. That game is fucking incredible. It's one of the greatest <laughs> games I've ever played, and it makes me so sad that more games like that will never be made because. Like the white because white wolf doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) Well, white wolf exists as a property that, in theory, is just to make video games. But it's like what we were talking about a while ago, where like, um, uh, where people will buy the rights to the movie Mm. rights to books, but then never make the movie just in case someday they decide they want to. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's. It seems like. I thought White Wolf, like, folded and their properties got bought by another company that isn't as good. No. White Wolf fractured into two pieces. One of them is the one that owns all the video game rights and all the stuff that was sold off to be developed into games. That is still White Wolf. And then all their tabletop stuff became Onyx Path. Ah, yes. Uh... And probably don't say that Onyx Path isn't as good since I work for them. (laughs) I see. well, it's um, at least you're not saying it in any kind of recorded medium. <laughs> White White Wolf merged with CCP and then got bought by Paradox. Yes, I I understand now. Yes. What does Paradox made make? I know their logo. Pillars it's of like, Eternity is their main one. Oh, they have the rights to Conan the Barbarian, so they're probably making that Conan the Barbarian Wieners game that's very popular Yeah, have now. you played that game? It's really good. <laughs> of course I haven't played it. It's got a wiener uh, generator. That's absurd. <laughs> Wait, Jeff, those two statements are uh, diametrically opposed. <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, these people made uh, Europa Universalis, the uh, incredibly dense game that I've never played. Yeah, Paradox is a good studio. Oh, and I, Crusader I wish... Kings. I've always been meant to start that. I I swear to God, if they made a really good modern role-playing game with the advancement system like they had in uh, Vampire the Masquerade or any of the White Wolf tabletop games, it would be so good. 
I think that tabletop RPGs make a really good basis for computer games, but people don't really do it anymore. I know. There was stuff like Freedom Force is pretty much exactly a D20 game, and that game rules. Anyway, what were we talking about? I zoned out because it was so boring. <laughs> we were doing a very bad job in this episode. I should probably yeah, say no. that after we're done recording. This is a good episode. It's terrible. I easily You're feel terrible. the worst about it than I feel about any of our episodes. I'm going to push you into a deep pit. <laughs> well, yeah, Jeff and I are not making a lot of jokes. And Louisa, you're get, just kind of checked out. We should I really was. try to be funnier. <laughs> no. Do it. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> what? You're, you can't what? work against the format, Jeff. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> this isn't even me being mad at you. I'm, ask, I'm begging you. <laughs> please uh, stop trying to make this show actively more boring. That is all I ask. I'm not, it's not on purpose. Um... Would you consider the Muppets to be the primordial example of sympathetic monsters? Yes. Maybe more Not specifically the Sesame Street ones. ones. I guess like Frankenstein before them, of course, but... Was Frankenstein uh, supposed to be sympathetic originally? I don't believe he was. I feel like he was supposed to be on yes. that knife's edge where it's like, well, I'm thinking of the movie version specifically and not the book one, but that like, oh, you could be nice to him and he'll be nice, but like, if you make the wrong move, like, he's as much of a danger as he thought he was in the first place. I mean, I think it's, he's treated like a monster and so behaves uh, in the way people expect and is like, you wanted me to be a monster, so I'm going to destroy your life. Dr. Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. I mean, the book the one book was very had... much like that. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. In the book, he had the brain of a murderer, and then he murdered a bunch of people because he was bored. So, like, I'm not totally on board with the sympathetic monster thing on the, on the book. At well, least. how do you feel about the movie version? Because, of course, that's very different. Are we talking about the old black and white movie? That's what I'm thinking of, mainly, yes. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, yes, that's the whole, like, little girl giving him a flower thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fine, I guess. But there have been sympathetic monsters before that, right? They do that garbage in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. They reference that scene. Someone gives Groot, or Groot gives someone a flower? One of those ways. Groot (laughs) gives a little girl a flower. Hmm. On account of he's made of flowers. But Groot yeah, isn't inherently looks, killing innocent people. <laughs> is he? he looks Not like really. a big Frankenstein, though. Yes. He's got that flat top, and he's like eight feet tall. Yeah, but I now mean, he's, he's tiny, a, and he wears a jacket. <laughs> he's got a spike top. It's mostly yeah, spikes. Yeah, just like Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Why, what did they do with it? Like, why is his head like that? What did Dr. Frankenstein do? I think the implication is that they put in a brain that wasn't, that was too big for the head (laughs) that they chose. I think it's a brain shaped like a hat box. I I know it's not, but I absolutely think that's the reason of why he looks that way. That was their thinking. I thought it was supposed to be like they put a different top of the head on. I think that might be part of it. No, but no top of the head is shaped like that. Well, maybe they ran out of tops of heads. They (laughs) They decided to use one. We're just going to give you a tube. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Everything about like the the movie Frankenstein's are all so weird because the whole point of the person of Frankenstein was supposed to be that he was like 
kind of a person, and you're like, is he a monster or not? He's he's as much a monster as a man would be. And then they make a movie, and they're like, we better make him green, just <laughs> just to to set that question to rest. The, you know, remember the, the question that's the point of this. Remember when he was Robert De Niro that one time? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was an okay movie, actually. I kind of like yeah, that movie. Yeah, I like that movie. I think that he was incredibly miscast, being well, yes, like he's a terrible performer, <laughs> a small guy who can't do voices. And they're like, "Wow, well, let's make him Frankenstein's monster." He's, he's also like, not ah, I'm walking here. He's also not good at acting. <laughs> that is not something I'm sure that I can fully agree with, but I understand your point. I don't know that I've ever seen him good at acting. At yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. The thing I saw him in most recently was I watched... This movie's not new, but I finally watched... Uh, I want to say it's called Stardust. That movie based on a oh, Neil yeah. Gaiman yes, novel. Yes, it's okay. the, Neil, the Neil Gaiman... Yeah. Uh, that movie's yeah. weird. And he plays I... a real tough pirate, but then it turns out, oh, he likes dresses and feminine stuff, and he, then he becomes super swishy. And I'm like, oh no, you let Robert De Niro think that he's really funny playing a stereotypical gay guy. Don't let yeah. him do that. I feel like there's a whole bunch of people who are like quote-unquote good actors who got famous playing mobsters during the run of mobster movies in the 70s and 80s, but they're just people who grew up around mobsters. They're not good at performing at all. They just know how mobsters are. It's like when people said Eminem was so great playing himself in 8 Mile, and they're like, oh, he's actually a very good actor. And I was like, "Uh, I bet he's only good at playing himself, and it turns out I was right. I mean, he's never been in another movie, right? Yeah, he's also not good at acting. (laughs) I think, though, Louisa, that you misheard, and they were saying he was a very good raptor because he (laughs) did the voice of one of the raptors in Jurassic Park. No, did he? That's great. Good rib. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer prefer to interpret you saying that as you think that rappers are called raptors. (laughs) I like that, too. That's a good one, too. (laughs) Oh, fun. Okay, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Seeing Reddit, even though Louisa doesn't think it was very good. It was very good. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Sorry for this episode, everyone. But uh, I'm not. <laughs> tell your friends to listen to another episode, uh, and, and they'll like it. Tell them to listen to this one last, <laughs> once they've uh, formed a loving relationship with us so that they're sympathetic towards us. <laughs> yeah, recommend, uh, I don't know, r slash medical gore. I think that oh, was a pretty good no, one. no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, that was It bad. was bad for us, but it was good for the listener. Yeah, anyway. Um, but please rate and review us on iTunes. Please spread the word. Please uh, get in touch with us. We love to get fan mail and stuff. You can reach us at seeingreddit on Twitter or seeingreddit at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm Matt. You can find me on Twitter at Kamikaze Pilot. I'm Jeff. I'm on Twitter, J3FK. Go to patreon.com slash JK and give me money, please. I only need a very little bit from each of you, and you get a bunch of stuff for it. Um, and go to weaponizedlanguage.com for more episodes of this show and my other shows. Mm, there was our pledge drive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Louisa. You can find me on Twitter at Heronbird. It makes sense that Jeff gets 100% of the proceeds from our pledges since he's the one who came up with our uh, great character, Captain Transylvania, by himself without any input from us. Uh, I mainly made it for Creepypodsta. 
Oh, I thought you were talking about the character. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you cannot revise history <laughs> that much. How dare you put that character on Creepypasta? <laughs> this is we not don't have, uh, He's We not don't have enough listeners to this show for uh, the Patreon to actually make money from this show. I'm just kidding. I don't want any of your Patreon money. I was just making a joke about Louisa saying it was a pledge. Yep. I see. Five. Yep. If you like this show, PayPal money to Louisa. <laughs> yeah, please. I'm on PayPal. I'd love it. <laughs> Just type Louisa in there. I'm sure it'll get to her. <laughs> oh, it'll either get to her or Louisa May Alcott. No, no, she's a ghost. Oh, it's so spooky. Yep. Are ghosts allowed on PayPal, or is that a violation of the terms of use? No, it's allowed. Oh, okay. I was going to think of a joke, and I couldn't think of one. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I think the best joke of all is to just ignore the premise. Yep. <laughs> Alright guys, so until next week, whether you're a ghost or a man or a woman or another thing, please remember to keep your <laughs> well, That's very sensitive. <laughs> uh, don't read the comments or listen to this episode. ASMR, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're really sorry. <laughs> you walked into the party like you were of those style were trying to like mock progressive rock like electric light orchestra style mm-hmm. bands definitely so they were like we need to have a big nonsense name yep a river bottom nightmare band also <laughs> i only know <laughs> muppet bands that yeah. is such river bottom nightmare band is like that's probably my favorite of the ones we've mentioned it's really good it bothers me that canonically in the uh, movie, their name is just The Nightmare. But yeah, then in their really? song, they sing that they are River Bottom Nightmare Band. So that's yes. what people call them. I guess yeah. this is like an Eminem Slim Shady situation. Yeah. where He's always credited well, as Eminem, but he calls himself Slim Shady in his songs. But here's my headcanon of how this works. Because the only time you hear them say it is when the mayor, Fox, yeah. uh, announces them at the talent show. And I'm imagining it in one of those excellently written portions where, like, middle-aged people behave as middle-aged people do, where they read something and don't understand it and just say what they think it says anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like, like uh, fucking... Warren Beatty at the Oscars. Yeah. No, Warren Beatty <laughs> didn't do it! It was that lady! Well, it wasn't even... It wasn't any of their faults, really. No, it was absolutely that lady's fault. What is her name? Shelley Duvall? No. Faye was Dunaway. It, was it Faye Dunaway? Dunaway. Yes. Yeah. Um, I assumed it was, because they were movie stars together. It was 100% Faye Dunaway's fault. Warren Beatty opens the thing, looks at it, you can see on his face, he's like, this isn't right, I'm confused, I'm very not sure what to do, and I'm looking around, and Faye Dunaway looks at him like, you fucking old senile asshole. What are you doing? And then he's like, look at this. And he, like, shows it to her. He's not even asking her to say it. He's like, look, does this look wrong to you? And then she glances at it and says what she thinks it says like a fucking entitled 
douchebag. All right. Fuck her. Jesus, he's 79 years old. This. He's so old. And he probably thinks the song is about him. Is it too soon to start introducing songs to the end of the show? Is uh, that a I mean, thing? We didn't start the show yet. Yeah, no, You're So Vain is rumored to be written about Warren Beatty. <laughs>